Pastor Josh already said, but definitely, you know, I want to uh, make mention again, thank you so much for that support, you know, and for just be, basically being there with us, you know, uh, through your giving, through the donations, through the prayers, through the, uh, you know, just all of that. It, we could really feel uh, our team, our church there with us as we were uh, down there as a group of 11, but I think there were countless uh, folks that were, it just felt like were there behind us and supporting us in so many ways. So, you know, it's interesting, like Pastor Josh was saying, that uh, life changes so drastically. You know, we go about our days, we go about our lives just kind of on this direction that we sort of know where we're headed. And then all of a sudden, uh, at times, something like this comes along uh, and just completely disrupts life as we know it, you know not just tearing up all of the wreckage and all of the homes and, and all of the physical stuff, but, you know, emotionally and just everything about these people's lives is turned upside down. And in moments like that, whether it's on a scale like more Oklahoma or whether it's something terrible that comes into your own life, you know, people losing homes or losing jobs, just all kinds of things, you know, how we react to that how people react has everything to do with whether the situation uh, improves or you know diminishes. It either gets better or it gets worse. And I think one of the things I was so encouraged about uh, was just seeing our team of people and all the other organizations, you know, churches that were there, um, working and doing the stuff that we were doing, but just this spirit of hope and uplifted. Uh, you know, speech that was coming out. And, and you could sense that these people there, the ones that we had the pleasure of getting to know, you know, they're hopeful too. I mean, they see things getting better. They're not just looking at like it's just going to get worse and worse. I mean, they see things as improving steadily day after day after day from this point. And that is so important that people can come in and affect change, affect hope, affect you know, your view of what's coming and what's happening to the point that you move in that direction or another direction if that hope isn't cast. And, you know, I think that this is one of the things that I love about Jesus the most is that he faced so many crazy situations in his ministry and his time on earth here. And yet every time Jesus had the absolute perfect response. Did he not? He had the perfect words. He had the perfect actions. Every time things came to Jesus to dis try and disrupt the direction he was going, he, was, he had the absolute perfect response in that situation. He had a lot of great qualities about him. You know, I, I look at the, the personality of Jesus and through his ministry and you know, you see Jesus is bold at times, and other times he's very loving and caring, and other times uh, he exerts just divine wisdom in a situation. He's got all of these amazing qualities about his personality and the way he handles situations. You know, it's, it's awesome to look at, there's a human side of our Jesus, right? God come in human form. And so, all of these perfect responses and this awesome uh, demonstration of how to handle situations, 
it's a, we got to remember that Jesus did this in human form, right? He was still uh, limited in a human sense uh, in, in things like he felt temptation. He felt adversity. It wasn't like he was just God and removed from all of that stuff. He was in human form. And so he had these perfect responses to the situations, and he's giving us something to model ourselves after, right? The Bible tells us in Romans and in Philippians that we are transformed into his likeness. And so there's so many aspects of that, but really one of the huge things to, to take note is the personality, the, the way Jesus acted, the way he behaved, that we are to model and exemplify, or try to uh, exemplify those same characteristics in our own life as what Jesus did in his earthly life in human form. And, and he shows us that it can be done by a human being because he's doing it with the human limitations that he had while he was on his, this earth, Right? So that's really, that's amazing to me. And when you read through the, the Gospels and watch Jesus' life and you think about that, like his personality and the fact that he was in a human body and felt emotions and pain and all that stuff, it really sends you deeper into this like revelation and this call that Jesus is lifting us up to of what we can really uh, challenge ourselves to attain and do in our own life, in our own walk on this earth. And I want to take and just sort of extract one of these personality traits today of Jesus that it's hard to say what you love the most, you know, but I would say this is one of my favorite things about the way Jesus walked, and it is his steadiness. And so I want to talk about this idea of steadiness. Um, G, the definition of steadiness, if you look it up, is based, it just says it is firmly fixed, supported, or balanced not shaking or moving, unwavering, undaunted, not easily excited or upset, steady nerves. So there's this sense of this steadiness through all of the most difficult things that you could ever imagine, but Jesus is never, he never erred from the mark one time in his response to the situations that he faced. Never one wrong word, never one wrong move, nothing. It was always perfectly lined up with the Father's will, and he had the, the steady response, nothing threw our Jesus off track. That's pretty powerful, right? I mean, we're, we, we can all admit that we go through times, we've got it all together, we got it all together, things are going great, and then boom, something hits you from your blind side, and it's hard to keep the wheels on, right? I mean, sometimes we just go into a spiral and it feels like the, the, the train is going off the track. But Jesus never had that happen. And he faced some of the most difficult circumstances and he did it in human form, right? God in human form. It's the opposite of this kind of uh, uh, steadiness, you know, would be to be shaken or to waver. And, and kind of in a spiritual sense, that steadiness meant that Jesus was always flowing in that divine flow of the Father's will. So for us, if we're unsteady, would be to say that circumstances in life or things that, we, that come against us cause us to maybe get tossed a little off track or maybe step outside of the Father's will for what we should say or do as we're moving forward in this daily walk. So steady is something that Jesus exemplified perfectly that we should all strive 
to uh, demonstrate in our own lives day in and day out. And we can see in evidence here that by doing so, there will be tremendous fruit produced out of our lives in the most difficult of situations, right? Things are awesome when we have control. We've got it all together. But life, just by its very nature, is disruptive, it's unpredictable, it'll throw you off course, it is always coming at you with curveballs, right? That's what life is. It's not this just easy walk, always knowing what the next step, what's around the corner. It's gonna constantly throw things at you that will, if you allow them to, interrupt the flow of what God is trying to do in your life. They will disrupt that and they will throw it off course. The enemy's always trying to come at you with something to get you offline of the Father's will for where you're headed. Because that's where the fruits produced outside the Father's will is not, right? So the enemy's always trying to do that. And our human nature, when things happen, it's just human nature, is to, just, is to try to draw from ourselves, to try to solve the situation or fix, find the solution. Uh, we just sort of kind of quickly, in the moment of an unexpected circumstance, we, we tend to sort of draw from ourselves at times. But if we can draw from from him who is in us and allow that steadiness to just walk steady at the helm through those storms and through those circumstances, then we will see that we will uh, never err off the mark, right, of what the Father's will for our lives is. Now, look, I'm not saying that we as humans can perfectly accomplish this as, as Jesus did. We know we can't, but he sets the mark and we strive to reach it, right? So we got a good picture of, of, of what we're after. See, when we draw from ourselves, there's just nothing solid there to anchor to. There's nothing solid there to anchor to. But thank God, Jesus, what he did for us dying on the cross so that we could have salvation, he could live in us, and we could have his power, we've got the rock that never breaks, that never shakes through anything that the world presents that we can always be standing on. Remember that definition, to be steady is to be firmly fixed and planted. Well, I know that I stand, as we all do, that have Christ in our heart, on the rock that never moves. It's just a matter of whether the things that come at us will cause us to forget about that or lose sight of that and get knocked off the rock, and now we're on unsteady ground. And if we are on unsteady ground, then we are already shaky. Are you with me? There isn't a steadiness coming out of us because what's here underneath of us is already shaky. But if we stay on the solid part, then what comes out will continue to be steady stream flowing out of us. Mm. Man, God is in this place today, man. So I want to talk... Let's go to the, a couple of stories in the Bible. Let's go to Mark chapter 4, uh, verses 35, 6, somewhere in there through 41. And this is the story of when Jesus calms the sea. And uh, so I was thinking about this steadiness, and I thought about, of course, this classic story of, in the Bible that we've all heard. Um, but just let's look at it through this dimension of this, this personality trait, this quality of Jesus, of this steadiness, all right? Let's, let's actually begin in verse 36. Uh, they had left the multitude, and so they took Jesus in the boat, as he was, and the other boats were with him, and then a great windstorm arose, 
and the waves beat on the boat that, so that it was already filling. Now, if you study that word windstorm and research that, you'll see that it's not just like a storm. Uh, you know, this was like hurricane-like proportions. Certain death awaited them in their mind when they saw the, the level that this storm uh, that was at that was coming against them. And so they, they go to wake Jesus, says, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. <laughs> Funny story. We went to Oklahoma, right? And um, there was 11 of us, eight of, eight of us were men, and we were in this bunkhouse, and this bunkhouse holds like 32 uh, people. And there was like 20 guys in there, probably something like that. And uh, so at night, there were some of these other guys from this other, other group that came in that were just flat sawing logs, man. I mean, they were snoring like crazy, you know. And you thought the chainsaws were still in the room. I thought we left them back in the... But, uh, but <laughs> they were all giving me a hard time because the next morning we woke up, all the guys at breakfast were like, man, I can't believe how bad that was in there. I hardly got any sleep. And I'm like, what are you talking about, you know? I, and they were like, uh, you didn't hear that? I'm like, I never heard a thing. I didn't hear one person snore. So, you know, of course, then they were all weary. And I said, you know, well, what are you afraid of? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> sleeping through the storm, right? I digress. Anyway, so, so the windstorm was of hurricane proportion. And what is Jesus doing? He's sleeping in the boat on a pillow. Now, I don't know about you, but when I pick up a little part of the story like this, I gotta believe there is something big that Jesus, that God is trying to say to us. Why would he tell us that he was asleep in the bottom of the boat on a pillow? I mean, you see Jesus in this absolute state of rest when certain death-type storm is raging outside around, right? So Jesus comes out, and what does he say? He says, peace be still. And everything just stops, right? He, he gets up, he walks out, and then he says to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So he's not like jumping up out of his bed, running outside. Oh my gosh, what is it, guys? Tell me what's going on. I got this picture of Jesus. He's like, okay, guys, I'm coming. <laughs> what's going on? Death, yeah, storms. Peace, be still. I'm going back to bed. You guys need to get your faith up a little bit, okay? Don't wake me up next time. You take care of this. What? So, right, I mean, look, he's trying to, Jesus doesn't flinch. Never in the story does it say, in any of these other ones that we'll look at, and Jesus panicked. Jesus got a little stressed out. Anxiety set in, Right? Now, it doesn't say in every verse here, and Jesus was steady, and Jesus was steady, and Jesus was steady. But that's exactly what he was through everything that came along. And what he's trying to say is that you, too, can walk steady like this because I will live in you. You, too, can calm the storms of life that will rage against you when they happen, and you can do it steady, and you can just do it peacefully. Because when peace is in you, peace comes out of you, right? What was in Jesus is exactly what came out of him. 
when we are resting in a state with God in our relationship with him in alignment with the Father's will, we are in a state of peace within us. And so as we come against the things of life that threaten to derail us, peace is what comes out of us. And instead of the situation affecting us, we affect the situation. We send the arrow in the direction of where things are going to go. We don't get pushed in a direction where it's trying to make us go, right? Let's look at the story when, uh, when Jesus is going to, you remember the story, it's in Luke 8, when Jesus is going to, uh, Jairus' daughter is uh, sick and she's dying, and Jairus comes to Jesus, sends a servant, I believe, and he says, uh, uh, or you know, he comes himself, and he says, um, my daughter is sick and she's dying, she's on her deathbed, I need you, please Master, come quickly. You know, his faith is, is in Jesus and his healing. And so Jesus turns and they start to head in the direction to go uh, where this little girl is. So you think about it. What uh, more intense of a situation could really come at us here or come at Jesus? I mean, we see Jesus is going to heal somebody and we just kind of, that's what Jesus did, right, in his, in his walk. But think about it. He's He's... They come running to him, they approach him, and it's probably like panic and chaos. And in the, in the midst of that, he's in this huge crowd of people that are all trying to get to him. It says they were thronging him, right? They were pulling at him. They all wanted his attention. Now, that would be a little bit difficult for us to stay steady, right? And then they come running up. My daughter's dying. I need you. Okay, I got to heal her. I got people pulling at me. And then he's walking. And as he's walking, what happens? Some woman with that flow of blood for was it 11 or 12 years, right? She pulls at his garment because of her faith. She's immediately healed. And Jesus' response is, wait, who, who touched me? And the disciples are like, what, what do you mean who touched you? There's thousands of people all pulling at you. How can you say who touched you? He says, no, 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 you don't understand. Power has left me. And then the woman comes forward and she reveals herself and she shows that she's been healed. And he says, woman, because of your faith, you know. So think about this. Jesus is walking and he's headed to go and try to deal with a little girl that is dying. I mean, we would be, every, any person, right, would be giving that their full attention. You can't get there fast enough. And then you've got all these people screaming and yelling at you. How many people really like crowded situations, you know, like department stores and the malls? Imagine that times 10, besides my wife, of course. I can't stand it, Right. I feel like people are thronging at me all the time when I'm in there. And I, but uh, so, he, so all this is happening, and then this woman grabs his, his leg, and she gets healed, and he says, who touched me? And it hit me when I was reading this. I'm like, that, that, he didn't see that coming. Now, he's God. I mean, he's in total tune with the Father's will. He never erred from the mark. But he didn't know who touched him caught him off guard, right? It was something that came at Jesus that he didn't necessarily see ahead of time. This is the human side of Jesus, right? He can be disrupted. He can be interrupted, but he just stops. And there's this massive intensity going on about the girl dying. There's all these people, and he just focuses his effort on this woman. And then after he speaks to her, he just, he turns, and then he goes to the house of Jairus, and, he's, and, he, and it, it even says that all the people there, because the girl had already died and once he was on his way, and they said, oh, it's too late. 
He said, no, she's just sleeping, you know. And then the, peop- the servants and the family of the little girl were like probably in a panic. They're probably just grieving uncontrollably because it just happened. And so Jesus sends them out of the room, right? He's like, you know, let's just go out of the room. And so he's just calm and steady and just consistent, never getting thrown off course, never panicking, never getting upset. And he just goes right to the situation and does what the father is telling him to do. And look, a little girl gets raised from the dead, right? So Jesus gets caught off guard, just like we do. Jesus gets interrupted in his life with the direction that he's headed, where he's setting out to go, and just like we do. But he shows us this example of, of no matter what's going on, no matter how much chaos is breaking loose around you, no matter how hard things are pressing in at you, that you can just be steady and calm and collected and you can allow the peace that's in you to come out of you and you can steady or calm the situation, the storms of life as they're happening around you. You don't have to be tossed around by it. There's an example when Jesus gets out of the boat in uh, Mark 5 and the man with the demons, Legion, comes running up to Jesus, right? And it, it tells us in that story, it says Jesus immediately got out of the boat and then the man was already right there and, and he came running at Jesus. He didn't even probably, the way I see it is they're still dragging the boat up on shore and here comes this crazy guy running and screaming, you know? And he says that, you, you find out that he tells him that he's demon-possessed. He says, my name is Legion. And Legion is a Latin term, which actually means 6,000. Uh, for Roman soldiers, it meant a unit of 6,000 infantrymen. Now, I don't know for certain there's 6,000 demons, but I'm just saying, he says in the Bible, he says, we are many. So we know there's this idea of this massive amount of demons and everything coming right at Jesus just as he gets out of the boat. He's not even on shore or not even really settled in yet. And he's faced with this circumstance, and he immediately just steadily talks to this man and casts the demon out. And then he just kind of moves on. Time after time after time again, Jesus faces these situations that would absolutely throw people that aren't planted into a spiral, into a a state of just chaos, right, off track. And Jesus just steadily goes forward handling every last situation and bringing peace to what's happening around him. He was never panicked, nervous, confused. And most importantly, most importantly, he was never intimidated by the enemy. Never intimidated. There was never a single moment where Jesus doubted or was scared or was nervous or allowed what the enemy was doing or bringing against him. He never, ever got intimidated. And isn't that what, some, what, what causes the downward spiral for us a lot? We get intimidated by the situation, by the intensity of the moment. We don't know how to handle it or whatever. The enemy's trying to intimidate us. He's trying to get us to veer off track. Jesus never was intimidated. And that's the God that lives in us. And we don't have to be intimidated either. No matter what it looks like, no matter how big the storm is around you, there is no reason to ever be intimidated. And if we continue to keep our eyes on the power of Christ Jesus working in us, we will always be mindful of that. See, wait, wait, wait. The God that's in me is not intimidated by anything. 
He is the aggressor. He is the one that sits above everything, right? And so we do not need to allow ourselves to become intimidated in any situation that we would face. Our steadiness, Jesus is showing us, is irrelevant to the outside circumstances around us. It's completely irrelevant. No matter how big, no matter how little the storms are, we continue to walk steady right forward and everything can just go and and be chaos around us and we can go right through it and stay in the Father's will and fruit just keeps popping up all over the place. You remember when when Jesus walked on the water and Peter began to walk on the water. There's kind of this picture I get of Peter where he's in this moment of steadiness. He's in this place where he's there, right? He's, he's there with God. He's got his eyes on Jesus. But then what happens? He, he takes his eyes off of Jesus and he, and he stops, he, he sinks. It says in Matthew 14, I'm gonna read from the Amplified Version, verses 29 and 30. He said, Come, so Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water, and he came toward Jesus. But when he perceived and felt the strong wind, he was frightened and began to sink. So when he focused on the outside circumstances and the conditions, instead of focusing directly on Jesus, he's looking at Jesus, he's, he's fixed on him, he's planted on him, and he's walking on water, man, steady as can be. And he takes his eyes off Jesus and he focuses on the intensity of the storm and he begins to sink. All, it just screams at me here. It's like whatever is going on in your life, just remember that he who is the steadiest of all is right here, right next to your heart, right with you. And he's just gonna calmly walk you right through the situation. He's never gonna panic. He's never gonna get stressed. He's not going to have anxiety. He's just going to walk right through it, and you can hold fast to him and have that same peace and power coming out of you every step of the way. And so as we continue to move in this steadiness like Jesus did, it's awesome to think about that we can help steady others and steady other things along the way if that power of Christ continues to come out of us in our lives. You know, there's a uh, negotiators, professional negotiators, when they work with uh, terrorists or just people that are being questioned, they use this technique that's called neuro-linguistic programming. Now, I'm not going to get real far off track, but I just want to make a point. And what they do is they, they know how to manipulate the mood of the situation. If somebody is really upset and hyper, they'll be very, very calm. And they'll even slow their speech down to to bring the speed and slow the other person down so that they begin to feel a little bit more secure and more comfortable revealing information. If they want to, like, try to get something out of them and the person is calm, trying to hold tight and not say anything, they could come in and start you know, flipping chairs, get real crazy and raise the intensity of the moment and bring their intensity up and get them to trip and make a mistake and reveal something. So my point is just basically that we can affect 
the way uh, a situation is going. We can affect the, con- the steadiness, the condition of things, and the way that we operate and the way that we handle things as we move forward. Now, we rely on Christ and Jesus to, to obviously lead the way and give us our words and our behavior, not some science or approach. I'm just making a point that things can be affected, right? In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, in the Message Bible, I'm going to start in uh, verse, I think it's 3 or 4. It says, People are watching us as we stay at our post, alertly, unswervingly, in hard times, tough times, bad times, when we're beaten up, jailed, and mobbed, working hard, working late, working without eating, with pure heart, clear head, steady hand, and gentleness, holiness, and honest love, when we're telling the truth and when God's showing his power, when we're doing our best setting things right, when we're praised and when we're blamed, slandered or honored, true to our word, though distrusted, ignored by the world, but recognized by God, terrifically alive, though rumored to be dead, beaten within an inch of our lives, but refusing to die, immersed in tears, yet always filled with deep joy. No matter what, I mean, he, he, he's showing you extreme opposite situations. And he's saying that all of these things happening, but this steadiness, this consistency that you walk in and that others are watching and paying attention to and that will ultimately affect them and help lead them and introduce them and be like an arrow pointing them to Christ, the one that is the source of this steadiness and this consistency through which we walk in, that that is going to make major ripples in the lives of people around us as we live out our life. It's going to bring major impact that we can't even imagine. Because when things start to happen, undoubtedly, people, when they start to feel themselves spiral out of control, they're going to run to the places that they know are stable and secure. They're going to turn to the people that can bring the stability to the situation to help calm the storm if they don't themselves have the faith or they don't have they don't know Jesus or they're just not in a place but they know that there are people they have watched in situations in their life that they can count on that will bring stability and they're going to run and turn to those people in their time of need and Christ Jesus gives us the ability to hold the wheel steady in the storm. And we can steer that thing through the worst conditions that can come against us and hold tight to that wheel, no matter how hard things are pressing against us. You know, I think about the steadiness of David with that sling and that stone, and he's whirling that thing around, right? You could tell by David's speech as he's saying to Goliath, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He was not intimidated a bit because he was so in tune with the Father's will, with God's will for the situation. He knew there's no chance that this enemy is going to defeat our God. And he wasn't the slightest bit intimidated. And to throw a stone with the precision and the accuracy that he did, he had to be so steady. If he was shaken or making a wrong move, Right, He wouldn't have been able to direct that stone at his opponent precisely on the mark that it needed to be. And so no matter how uh, intimidating that naturally the situation looks, you got the smallest of guys and you got the biggest of guys. 
extreme opposites, no matter how intimidating that situation looks, that we remain steady knowing that God is with us and that we are in line with his will and that we can continue to put to aim ourselves in the direction of the mark God is, is sending us and giants will come crashing down around us as they come against us. One man's steadiness creates an enormous path of peace and confidence and joy in a whole nation after that. If, if one man would have been panicking and fearful then the situation could have went a completely opposite direction. More chaos could have intensified in the moment, right? And that's how it is. There's opportunities when storms come where we can calm them, we can settle them, we can move in the direction of God's will, or we can allow ourselves to be knocked off the, the rock and to panic or to become stressed and nervous and then react out of ourselves instead of out of the power that's in us and that's available to us in the situation. And if we do that, it can intensify in the wrong direction, right? But we've got Jesus with us to move it forward in the right direction. And I'm not saying that there's not a times for aggression and, and fast forward progress. It's not like we're just always walking in this slow you know, just peaceful state. But I'm saying that when there is fast forward movement and aggression, that it's done with a steady control. It's done in a, in a steadiness that allows it to be totally fixed and directed on the mark. Just like when Jesus was flipping those tables over, right? We know Jesus got excited. We know that he was moving fast in certain situations. But again, he never erred from the mark of God's will, and he was still steady in everything that he did in the moment. So it was a controlled, steady form of aggression, holy aggression. So who do we turn to in our desperate moments? That's the question that I'll sort of wrap up with. Matthew 4, verses 1 through 4 in the Message Bible says, Jesus was taken into the wild by the Spirit for the test. The devil was ready to give it, Jesus prepared for the test by fasting 40 days and 40 nights. That left him, of course, in a state of extreme hunger, which the devil took advantage of in the first test. Since you are God's son, speak the word that will turn these stones into loaves of bread. And Jesus answered by quoting from Deuteronomy, It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. See, the way to remain steady is to have the steady flow of who God is in his word constantly coming into you. If I cut the line off back here of what's coming in through my prayers, through my reading the word, through you know, seeking him diligently, constantly in every situation, if I sort of cut that flow off, then the steady flow that's going to come out of me is going to begin to be affected by that as well. I have no ability to do that myself. I can't stay steady through the storms of life on my own. I am desperately clinging to my Jesus through everything that I face, holding on to him. I have nowhere else to turn. I have nowhere else to go. 
And I am holding desperately to him, allowing that steady flow of his power, of his love, of his word to just feed me and nourish me, that bread of life, so that that which flows out of me is peaceful and steady and powerful, just like it was coming from just Jesus doing it himself, right? That power that Christ works through us. And the church is meant to be the steadiness in the world. I, I, I totally believe that. I totally believe that the church is the steady, solid, consistent bar setter for every situation that as we move forward and times intensify, that the world will turn and look to the church for direction, for stability, and a word from heaven, and God's truths will be poured out, and they will not only steady them, but they will become steady as they move forward, and, and everything that comes against people in this world, they will be able to handle. You, you can fix a situation. You can help people in a situation that they come against. You can give them resources, counsel. You can do a lot of things. But I'm just saying, I'm really aware of the fact that the most important thing, the greatest thing that I can do for somebody is, is point them to Jesus and let them have this understanding that when they walk away from the situation that maybe we've dealt with, that they've got a Jesus that I have just the same. And if they'll just seek him and, and lean on him and reach for him and grab hold of him, I am not worried about how they're going to turn out, how it's going to keep going for them. Oh, you got Jesus? You're grabbing onto him? You're going this, you're, you got the same thing I do then, right? That's the most important thing that we can do for people. I'm not, we still help them. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. We show them Jesus through how we conduct ourselves. But then once we show him, to them and introduce him and and they see that then they have it for themselves and we know I've made a lasting impact I didn't just fix the situation I helped introduce them to Jesus who changes a heart and everything is different from here on out see God wants to fill us full he wants to fill us full with so many blessings and so many great things but guess what it takes a steady hand to hold a full cup and God wants to fill our cup full to overflowing, right? To where we can, can be steady and controlled and not waste any of that. It takes a steady hand. And God is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm as steady as it gets. I'm as steady and true and consistent as it gets. And you can be fixed and planted on me. And you can stay steady in the situation. You'll face storms. No doubt about it. They'll come at you just like they did at Jesus. But you can move right through them peace and certainty that this too shall pass. This will not get the best of me. I don't know how exactly it works out in the end, but I got a hold of Jesus. And all I know is I'm coming out on top, baby. Amen. Let's stand to our feet.